Welcome, listeners, to another enthralling episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Good morning, Fran. Good morning. Good morning. It's a Wednesday morning, and I'm sure all of you are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and snug and warm in your office or your house or wherever. Freezing our butts off, actually. But there are some folks in this town and in this region that are not comfy and warm in their homes exactly. or their offices, and that is the theme of today's show. So, without much further ado, I'd like our guest to introduce herself. All right. Good morning. Thanks for having me. My name is Kelly King Horn, and I am the Executive Director of Homeward, and we are the regional planning and support agency working to end homelessness. And um, I'll just introduce myself. So I've been with Homeward since 2003. uh, And I started at Homeward when I moved back to the Richmond region after working overseas. Uh, But I grew up in Chesterfield County where I still live. And I uh, left when I was 17 or 18 to go to college in DC, went to grad school at Stanford and studied philosophy and then decided I needed to um, do something. And that's pretty much uh, what I've been doing. So I joined the Peace Corps. I worked for Habitat for Humanity in Europe in the former Soviet Union and really thinking about housing came back to the state. Tell us a little bit about what Homeward does as an organization. Sure. So Homeward is a planning agency and we work with all of the shelters and local governments and federal and state partners to come together to understand the crisis of homelessness and then to do something about it, and then to see if it's working. So we are pretty data heavy. Uh, I'll try not to do too many stats. But That's okay. We, we like stats. We like stats. Right. <laughs> well, we have a ton of them on our website, so yes. if, uh, people can dig around there or email us if there's uh, other questions. Uh, we help to uh, do strategic planning and really figure out how do we do better work together and then really support providers and the public to make a reduction in homelessness and to really, frankly, reduce human suffering. So what does homelessness look like uh, in the Richmond region? So first, I want to say that all of the data that we have at Homeward uses the most conservative definition of homelessness, right? So we look at people living in shelters or sleeping in places not meant for human habitation. So Uh sleeping in a park, under a bridge, or in a car, things like that. Uh Uh, There are other definitions, and we know there are other housing issues. And so one of the reasons that we're actually making progress on homelessness is that we are laser-focused on this smaller uh, issue. Uh, And so when we look at people living in shelters or sleeping outside, the main way we count is a single day count called the point in time count. And in 2019, it's just under 500 men, women, and children. And that's down from a high of uh, 1,150 in 2009. So we've seen a more than half reduction because of our focus on getting people into housing. And so that ends the crisis of homelessness. It doesn't necessarily end poverty or domestic violence or trauma or addiction or mental health, but we know that housing stability is the key that makes everything else more likely to be successful. So that's our focus. Yeah, how does that compare on a national level? Thank you for asking. I actually do. These are some of my favorite statistics now. Um, And so let me, like I was, I studied uh, philosophy of religion Uh And I have since become a a real data geek because all of our data comes from talking to people, talking to people, you know, in shelters, on the streets, 
uh, after they get uh, out of homelessness. And what we know, so looking at that, you know, one day count across the country, in uh, the country as a whole, there's just over half a million people on any given night experiencing homelessness. And if you take that number of um, homeless people per 10,000 residents, the national uh, median is about 17 people experiencing homelessness for 10,000 residents. In the Commonwealth of Virginia, it's seven per 10,000. And in our region, it's 5.6. So we have one of the lowest per capita rates of homelessness mm-hmm. in the country. And I think, you know, it's um, really interesting now. There's a lot of federal um, conversations about homelessness, mm-hmm. a lot of information and stories from the West Coast. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to talk a little bit about what we're seeing and hearing there and, and why our region's a little bit different. And uh, before we go too deep into that, let's talk about how you would even collect that type of data, because I'm sure that's interesting to people to hear, you know, how would you actually count from a day to day basis who's homeless? Yeah. So we uh, do. So the main way, you know, Congress tracks homelessness is this single day count. It's called a point in time count. And it is. Uh, we survey people in shelters, right? And so we know where the shelters are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we partner with all the shelters to collect that data. And then at Homeward, twice we actually do it twice a year in winter and summer. We work with volunteers and uh, nonprofit agencies, police, social services uh, throughout the region. And we uh, go out to campsites where we know people are and we survey them in campsites. So we get the data from talking to people. Um, we do surveys. So we tend to ask more questions, trying to really understand and hear directly from people. What would end your homelessness? And then we use that throughout the year to create new partnerships or um you know, just try something different. Mm-hmm. So, and we actually have a detailed methodology for our point in time count, and I think it's up on our website. So, if mm-hmm. someone's really interested, they can read it. Yeah, yeah. And the website to add is like probably one of the most concise, information-packed. I know, right? Website I was all about the website. Thank you. It, it is, so, and it's super easy to use. Yes. So, oh, if you're I'm not, so glad. Thank if you're you. not somebody who is super internet savvy, everything is right there. It's very concise. I love it. Good. Thank you. <laughs> I actually was. I really was. Fran and I both were like, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the big story now in homelessness, there's a couple, right? So one is, um, you know, what's happening in the West Coast, right? So I shared our uh, our data, right? And let me also say, like, any number is too high, right? right. Because no one should be homeless in this country. You know, if we... That's a right, not a privilege. It really is. It's really... It's also just bad policy. It's mm-hmm. It's... Um, it's uh, bad for people and it's expensive, right? So pick whichever frame you're coming from. Uh, there's a business case to be made for treating people more humanely and providing housing that even poor people can afford. So, but I think that, you know, the big stories nationally are huge increases in homelessness. And first off, I mean, you know, that's a difference in housing markets for sure. So like California, so our point in time count, that single day count in our region was 497 in January. Mm. For LA County, it's like 70,000. Mm. Right? I mean, <sighs> right now, LA County is as big as some states. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but that's a huge number. And in part, like part of that is just a testament to their housing market, mm. right? This California economy has boomed. They didn't have policies in place to make sure that poor people had a place to live. And if, uh, you know, there are some other things that there was no safety net 
And so people ended up on the street. So those are yeah. huge numbers, and many people are outside. And I don't care what the weather is. It's mm -hmm. not conducive to yeah. not having a place. It's not like going on a weekend camping trip. Right. Come on. Yeah. And I love to camp, but I still don't uh, support that. So I think um, what's really interesting, what makes our region unique, and we are not the only ones in the country, uh, but there's... Um, you know, the Commonwealth of Virginia has been really supportive, really a leader nationally in homelessness, which is uh, still stuns me a little bit, but it's awesome. So one is that we do have so much data, right? And we really, we start and end with data. And our data comes, again, from conversations with people, from talking with people. Uh, but we really ground our work and what people tell us, what they're experiencing, what uh, services have they needed, what services have they gotten, you know, what else would be helpful. Uh, we have some amazing providers in our community, and I think that gets overlooked a lot, especially in local conversations. We forget, we take for granted, like, the shelters that everyone knows. So not only are they awesome, but they are committed to doing better work over time, and they partner incredibly well together. So our partners all put their personalities aside to um, work together to do better work, uh, the fact that we have a dedicated planning agency like Homeward uh, is, I really, we're really fortunate. It's an I asset. Think. It, it is to have, you know, that's our job. That's we're a one-trick pony. Uh, and talking about homelessness, the funders in the region are happy supporting what's working. They're not trying to do something new or fancy or you know go off on their own so much. They have supported that coordinated work mm -hmm. year after year because this takes a long time to sort of untangle. Uh, a human crisis. And then, you know, we're willing to try things. So, and those are the reasons why that and, you know, our housing market is not West Coast. Those are the reasons why we sort of have a handle, even though there's not enough and there are significant gaps, mm -hmm. right, in our community. And we can talk about what those gaps are and how people can um, participate and help overcoming them. So I'm an optimist, but homelessness is a terrible crisis and it can be deadly, right? And I think that's, you know, sobering to keep that in mind as well. It's important to do our best work. Yeah. We really have to bring our best thinking to this issue. Absolutely. So what are the main factors for those of us who have the comfort of living in a home yeah. every night and are very far removed from being homeless and don't understand what that's like? You know, what are the main factors that could lead to someone becoming homeless? And talk about maybe who's included in that definition right. of being homeless. Because I think when people, unless you've experienced that, people generally think about, you know, the panhandlers that right. we see or, you know, different people who some of them are right. not they even don't necessarily think that homeless. It they includes families. Yeah, right. Kids, That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, you know, we have a lot of data on homelessness on our website. And I used to, you know, always start with that. But... The reality is 100% of people experiencing homelessness can't afford housing. Right. Right. So at base, no matter what else is a part of their story, and there are some things that are uh, common. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and the cost of housing hasn't kept pace with wages, right? You know, really looking at what it costs to afford housing, that, that number has just gone up and up and up over the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, wages haven't kept pace with that. But the other big driving factor, so one, honestly, is uh, systemic and institutional racism. Right? I mean, we know that people of color are overrepresented significantly in homelessness above and beyond even people uh, in poverty, 
Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a factor there that, you know, that's uh, reflected in the housing and employment markets and also in over incarceration. Right. So many uh, adults experiencing homelessness have had a history of uh, involvement with criminal justice. And it's often, though, um, it could be for, you know, misdemeanors or a range of issues, often drug related, but not exclusively. So that's a factor in really thinking about how do we make it possible for people to make a different choice, right? And that's housing stability really plays into that. Uh, mental health is a factor. Typically in our um, surveys and counts, and we do data in other ways as well, you know, over time, uh, mental health is an issue in about a third of people experiencing homelessness. Uh, and that's, you know, I think we're having more conversations about that now, understanding how mental health impacts physical health and other issues. And then, um, you know, there are about 25% of the people in our community experiencing homelessness are uh, family units, so adults with children, um, grandparents with children, things like that. It, there's often, you know, there's trauma. There's, um, it's like poverty on steroids, right? But it's really housing affordability is the, the biggest issue driving all of it. And, and you know, so we do a number of events throughout the year. We just did a big one. And invariably, our volunteers will see someone they know or went to school with. Mm. Uh, and that's, you know, homelessness can happen, you know, if someone is low income and doesn't have a lot of uh, resources or, you know, good Support. credit mm -hmm. or family members who have their own home, maybe, you know. Yeah. So I used to always joke that I would never be homeless because my parents had an extra room. Right. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, there's other factors, right, that um, give me sort of, you know, make me less likely to become homeless. But, you know, I have people who can help me out in a crisis who have the resources to, to help so. me out in a crisis. Right. Well, I think there's, too, the misconception that if you just get a job, you know, right. that you'll you'll find a home, it's no problem, you know, but that's... You have to make a certain wage, that. and, yeah. you know, we do, we're seeing an increasing number of people with disabilities and a startling increase in older adults experiencing homelessness. This is a national issue as well. This is like, this is what keeps us up at night, frankly, is... Uh, you know, in the last four years, we've seen a 40% increase in the number of adults over age 62 in our shelters. Mm. And so the response of just get a job becomes harder and harder. And, right? and so that's, that's, the, that's the big trend in homeless services. You know, <coughs> nationally, they're looking at, we don't have the data yet here to really untangle it locally, but yeah. nationally about half the people are homeless uh, over the age of 50 were low-wage earners, and then something happened, and they're homeless for the first time. For the first time, yeah. And that's a very different issue. And then there are others who are aging into homelessness. Into homelessness. Because we yeah. didn't have, we don't, we, today we don't have enough resources. We don't have enough emergency shelter beds today right. to help people get connected. So that's, um, that's the, it the trend. It continues to be a problem. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it gets worse, yeah. Yeah. So we did touch a little bit on um, race, gender, and yeah. mental health, how that fits into your work. Sure. What do you guys specifically focus on in those categories through Homeward? So, you know, we collect data on all of those uh, categories. And in homelessness, you know, the big conversations are both on older adults and then youth and young adults. And homelessness among youth and young adults can look different. Yeah. You know, and in Virginia, we don't have uh, a lot of runaways or throwaways is the term on the streets mm -hmm. because in Virginia you would be a ward of the state if you're under 18 right so we don't often see um, that population 
uh, in Virginia, unlike in other states. But there are youth, um, you know, couch surfing, staying with friends or family, or in dangerous situations so that they have a roof over their heads. So that's, that's definitely um, an issue. And often that is associated with sexual orientation and gender identity. So that's a, an issue. Uh, you know, the number of growing, the growing number of older adults and people with disabilities. So what we do about that, frankly, um, is, you know, we take that data and what people tell us, and then we reach out to develop partnerships to address it. So in 2019, uh, we started a homeless older adults coalition, and it's our homeless service partners uh, you know, some healthcare partners and the people working on older adults, like Greater Richmond Age Wave and Senior Connections. And we've started learning each other's language and really doing presentations to educate ourselves. And we're beginning to think about, okay, what are the things that we could do systemically to address that issue? Uh, you know, are there referral mechanisms? How do we you know, if a person who's in their 80s calls the homeless cross crisis line, mm -hmm. Shelter's not the answer for that person. Right. You know, our shelters also aren't equipped to serve people with significant medical needs. If people can't walk or take care of themselves, shelters aren't, you know, skilled nursing facilities. So we're really reaching out to community partners in, based on that data to figure out what we can do together. Fran, don't you love hearing about the cooperation and mm -hmm. partnerships? Partners are amazing. Like, Richmond is, yeah. this is really... Uh, yeah. It's stunning, and it's some personality and also governance, right? Like we have committees, mm -hmm. but it's committees to change the world, right? It's I, um, I'm actually a little astounded at it because usually it's the other way around. Yeah, here it's in like, Richmond, we have a lot of yeah, everybody fumbling over each other to do the same doing thing. doing the same thing on um, <laughs> homelessness. We've been so we've been doing this uh, 21 years, um, and. And, you know, not everybody likes me, right? Like, That's because, okay. Because collaboration that means is also, you're doing the right, right thing. Collaboration <laughs> is also saying no sometimes, yes. right? It's like you have uh -huh. to know what do we do and what don't we do. Right. And, you know, it goes back to that definition I shared earlier. Like we are really focused mm -hmm. and, w you know, we're focused on homelessness. And then we, you know, develop partnership with other people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even with like youth homelessness, there's a really great youth stability coalition that's dealing with some of our work and then broader. Mm -hmm. And we're clear, like, we're not doing the broader work, but, you know, 6% mm -hmm. of our population are young adults between 18 and 24. Certainly we're serving them. And then there's a related issue. And so the, real, the opportunity is how can you copy us? Like all of our stuff's on the website. We have another actually website for the coalition that's um, a little more boring, right? That's all like meeting minutes and, mm -hmm. you know, policies and procedures. Oh, listeners, you're going to love that. <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously. And <laughs> homelessnessrva.org. Thank you. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so we put it up there. You know, our all of our funding is donated. If we can help somebody else in a related issue, then we're happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm actually just like, really really happy to hear that because usually it's not that way and that's been a topic of conversation for us a lot recently is um we need to get these organizations coming together to work together um yeah. towards common goals we're think, a model for that yes I mean, you really I, are. i'm not taking any credit for it but it's all those things no, that's pat like, yourself it, on the back well, for that seriously y'all it's, it's <laughs> data it's the providers it's having a dedicated planning agency yeah. it's the funders mm -hmm. supporting that and expecting that and then within that framework, right, of governance and data and, you know, great people, 
uh, although it's not all like puppies and rainbows. Oh, of course, right? Right. of course not. But I mean, every everybody's got a different personality, a strong personality. If you are in the work of advocacy, you've got to almost. You, yeah. you have to. So um, you learn to respect each other's. But when it works, right? And yes, huh? yeah. I mean, even like, so one thing that's interesting about the Richmond Homeless Services Network, we have in the last two years decided to prioritize people based on the length of their homelessness for services. Because right? uh-huh. we can't, we can't serve everybody, right? There's not enough. Right. There's a lot of people with housing crises. Right. And so we've always, you know, said no or not serve people, but we decided to be upfront about it, right? And it's terrible, right? Success is not satisfying it's really terrible right because it doesn't matter how good we are how efficient and effective we are there are people who need um resources desperately who do not get them there are people tonight who will be outside right right? and we're working you know to reduce that and change that every single day Uh but like we're always failing right so so we decided to be really upfront and strategic and to prioritize all of our shelters beds are coordinated and prioritized and what we have seen is that, um, you know, it's working, right? We have seen a higher rate of people uh, in our shelters who used to be outside, where before we didn't proactively engage them. We waited for them to come in. Now we are really reaching out, trying to get people to get in. to in and connected to services. And we've seen that make a difference. And then when at Homeward, our role is to reflect that data back to our partners. Like, we hear you. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And it feels hard because it is hard. Right. And and then everyone can go, oh, take a breath, recognize it, and say, okay, and now what do we do about it? Right? And how do we keep going on, yeah. um, you know, to do the next hard thing? Yeah. Cause, and, and But let me just say, so, but the hardest part is for people experiencing homelessness right it's a it's a crisis uh, every single day in this country absolutely what what are some of the common misconceptions i think about homelessness or people that are homeless that you would experience and what do you guys do to dispel those myths um, in your work yeah so one um of the uh, ones that we hear a lot are you know people think that panhandlers are the single face of homelessness and some of them aren't even homeless. Well, some are. Some, some are, are homeless and some, some are not, right? And and you don't always know, mm-hmm. right? Um, I would say at Homeward, I'll, let me just talk about that topic. Stay there for just a minute. At Homeward, we don't recommend giving cash to strangers mm-hmm. because solving homelessness is actually harder than that, mm-hmm. right? We have to advocate for affordable housing. We need mental health care. We need criminal justice reform, right? We need uh, to find ways for people to be able to make the choices that they uh, that they think will um, lead them to, you know, to a fulfilling life. And so giving cash to strangers doesn't, I mean, it might make us feel good, and people need cash, right? I'm not mm-hmm. saying they don't, but that's not the systemic response. Right. Um, you know, so if someone has a relationship, Band-Aid. then, you know, absolutely. I mean, I'm a coffee drinker. If, if I didn't have money for coffee, I would want someone to give me money for coffee, right? Right. Um, so, but, so that's one mis, uh, misconception, you know, just uh, around, like, that that's the face of homelessness. There are other people in the housing crisis. Um, you know, it is um, working all, between 20 and 30 percent of adults experiencing homelessness or getting out from under a bridge or leaving the shelter and working. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, um, so that's a big misconception, I think. A lot of people say, oh, people wouldn't take housing. These people don't want housing. Like, well, 
actually we learned when we changed how we asked and what we were offering that actually people didn't take us up on that. Now there are still people who say no, you can't make people people are adults. Uh-huh. Um you know, they can make the choices they make. Um but you know, housing does solve homelessness. That's another piece. And I think the other misconception is that you know what, we can do something about this. It's a crisis. There's too many people and yet there's fewer than there used to be. Mm. People are in housing now and we can. So we talk about ending homelessness and, um, you know, we get like crazy looks usually. But what we mean by that is that we know uh, families and individuals can get off the streets out of the shelters. They do it every week Mm -hmm. in our community and they have for decades. Uh, But we can increase that pace. We know that we can, you know, add the programs that people tell us they need. And then as a community, we can knit together where people fall on the cracks. And so we can get to a point where people will always lose their housing like bad things happen. How do we help them get back to a stable housing? Mm. can be done. I think that's the biggest. There's kind of a narrative out there that people without homes have a tendency towards criminality. And I suspect that to be the absolute opposite. Correct. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? And maybe give a picture of the dangers that spending your days and nights, you know, on the street are for the people experiencing this. So, you know, while I mentioned that many people experiencing homelessness have been involved in criminal justice, we don't actually find evidence that homeless people are committing crimes. Um, In fact, they're more likely, according to national data, to be victims of crimes. Mm -hmm. And I think I just want to, this is particularly important now. There are some things happening in our country where homeless people are being attacked. And I don't know if someone thinks it's cool or funny, but it's not. In fact, I got a call from a reporter last weekend um, asking me about two homeless men who'd been shot with an arrow. Mm. Oh, my God. um, And I I quickly looked. I was like, oh, my God, I haven't even heard that. What have I been doing this weekend? And it was Richmond, California. Okay. So, um, you know, and so she just saw Richmond and Homeward. Mm. But... um, But there's actually been a spate of attacks like that. Mm. And I think we forget that people experiencing homelessness are people. And while we are working to help people get off the streets, make different choices, to have different choices available to them, um, homelessness is particularly dangerous. It's dangerous particularly for women who are unaccompanied. Um, You know, there are people who prey on people experiencing homelessness. And so, you know, it's a safety issue as well, which is why, uh, you know, we're really trying to help people get connected to shelters and case managers. Um, You know, the Richmond Public Library has a part-time community connector, so if people are there, you know, in a safe place, they can get hooked up to resources. Uh, There's also the regional domestic violence hotline, Mm -hmm. which is a factor, right? So it's really helping, um, you know, not having a home, you know, might seem like, oh, a cool choice to like, oh, I'm off the grid. But that's not actually, uh, I don't think that's people's experience uh, as much as they're they're just trying to get through and make something else happen in their life. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about panhandlers. And so I have noticed for a little while now going into Henrico County, there are signs in the medians when you stop, especially when you stop around a shopping area that discourage you from giving any kind of money or assistance or whatever to the folks that are panhandling. And then there's a number on there for the folks who are panhandling at that point to call. Do you think it's harmful or helpful um this sort of campaign and do you what are the odds of the people actually calling that number 
So what I've heard, and I haven't heard anything like recently in the last six months or so, was that it was more members of the community calling to find out. And actually from those signs, a few people got connected to shelter. Hmm. So in general, I mean, panhandling is a, is a huge topic. Uh, it is constitutionally protected free speech. Um, as I mentioned, I personally and Homeward as an agency, we don't, we don't give to panhandlers. I smile and nod. And then I, I remind myself, and I think this is important. I think about the ways I do help, right? That, you know, my, my daughters and I will, um, you know, take uh, donations, you know, for a food drive or any number of different ways. Uh, my family makes donations to some of our partners. Not huge. I wish it could be more. But I, I remind myself of the ways we do help because in that moment, I think people feel guilty and they want to do something. Mm -hmm. And the opportunity is to expand that, right? I mean, we have General Assembly starting up in a few months. You know, there's going to be big discussions about mental health reform and the, an affordable housing trust fund. You know what? We need more housing that's affordable to poor people. If you want to do something, make your voice heard there. Mm -hmm. Like there's ways to get connected. And so in that moment, for panhandling, um, you know, we're working to support the agencies who are helping people get off the streets, uh, helping people get employed um, or get connected to treatment or services. And then how do we change the, the factors that contribute to homelessness over time? What would you recommend that people maybe give instead of cash hmm. when they see folks? So first, a smile and acknowledgement. Right. I mean, people are people. Uh, secondly, we on our website, we have what we call a street sheet, which lists immediate yes, services. I know. I saw those street yeah. sheets and I was like, this is rad. Like, yeah. How do we get this out to everybody? Yeah. You know, so we list indoor community meals, like crisis phone numbers, places where people can go to make a phone call. Mm -hmm. We have some community connection points and we have a few for uh, outlying counties as well. Mm. So they're all on uh, the Homeward website, homewardva.org. And then, you know, I always encourage encourage people first to support one of our nonprofit partners. I mean, we have a list on our website or you can call 211 to find out or there's any number of ways to um, get connected to some amazing agencies and supporting like the case managers doing this work every day yeah. are superheroes, right? The shelter staff who work overnight, you know, who are having those heart-to-heart -heart conversations with people with in people. the hallway. It's, they really are doing great work and supporting them. Um, I mean, that's something I personally do. And then, you know, looking on, on those agency websites or at the Homeward website, and we'll, there'll be lists of things that people can donate. So one drive that I think is a really cool thing to do, especially if you have kids, is what it would take to set up a new apartment, right? So if we want to address homelessness, people need housing. Yeah. And so you can collect cleaning kits or pillows and blankets yeah. for people when they move in, and that can speed things up. Uh, you know, for someone on the street, a bus ticket could be really handy. I mean, people need a bus ticket to get around. We used to do that. Yeah. We'd make baggies a gallon size ziploc bag yeah. and one of the things that i would focus on the you know the hygiene yeah things to put in the bags but uh, another young lady that started stuffing the bags with me she and we actually made our kind of own street sheet but yeah i'm glad that i saw yeah you guys have one well and we're happy if anyone yeah sees them yeah we, we try to keep it updated but that's why we keep it on our website so yeah. the most updated is always there i'll start printing printing that one out and putting it in there but she started printing all buying uh, bus 
gift cards. Yeah. Since they now switch to the, the actual card. And I was like, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, people need to get around. Like, that's a perfect thing. That's and right. People, to, instead of putting the $5 bill, like, in the bag, she's like, give them a bus, bus ticket. Pass. Yeah, so they can get to an appointment or a job yeah. interview or, you know, to the doctor, mm-hmm. grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, this time of year, obviously, you know, everybody wants to give in yes. some way. It's it's really important mm-hmm. um, because, you know, cold times are coming up. But, I mean, this is an everyday thing Absolutely. for people who are experiencing homelessness. And I'm sure there are specific items that maybe people don't think about to give that would be important, especially um, when it comes to hygiene, et cetera. Um, uh, can you talk a little bit about some things that maybe people should think about giving instead of, you know, a can of corn? Right. So um, one of the, you know, Socks are always number one, right? If you mm-hmm. think about it, if you're outside in the cold, oh, gosh, you're yeah. putting on a dry, clean pair of socks, socks. Like there's nothing they're, like it. Like a little knit cap too. Yeah. Keep your feet and your extremities warm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, um, women often need feminine care products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think actually coordinating that with an outreach worker is a way to get it to people who need it in a like really dignified way. And, yeah. you know, we have some great outreach agencies in our community. Uh, and Homeward can also collect things and give them to our partners. So we right. do that too. But um, in the winter, you know, uh, lip balm, is important and a little bit of hand lotion also um hair care for african-americans mm-hmm. is something uh, yes right we, i know and you don't even think about that but yes you wouldn't think about it right but um <gasps> that's the population um and then uh you know for people who are able i think supporting one of the nonprofits is a great way to really make a difference mm-hmm. in our community and uh, while we're on it, let's talk about some of those services and yeah. shelters that are actually in Richmond. Yeah. What if people are kind of interested in maybe helping or maybe there's someone listening who doesn't know and needs help? Um, you know, what's out there? What's available? So um, I, I we have some incredible nonprofit agents and public sector agencies working on this space in our community. Um, and. You know, so they're listed on the Homeward website. They're also, you can call 211, like dialing 411, and find out ways to volunteer. So and I had no idea that existed. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. either. It's also, there's also a website. Now, that's <clears throat> statewide, but they, and their information is, you know, sometimes limited, but they have, you know, information on, you know, what's happening, what people need. And they're, particularly this time of year, that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. If you want to know, like, well, what's near me? You know, is it a food pantry or shelter mm-hmm. to get connected? Okay. Um, and, you know, we have some things if you want to give help on our website as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone is experiencing homelessness and has access to a phone, which many people do these days, you can start by calling the Homeless Crisis Line, mm-hmm. and that's 804 972 That's open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And there's some amazing people. That's a multi-agency collaborative. Again, it's four different agencies working on that. And they're co-located in our office. And they're really great people answering the phones there. Uh, They get about 5,000 phone calls in and out each month. And they're still smiling, which uh-huh. is pretty incredible. Um, there's also, you know, there's outreach workers at the Daily Planet and Commonwealth Catholic Charities and Richmond Behavioral Health Authority. For veterans, there's a, you know, a veteran homelessness hotline as well, which you can get on our website or by calling 211. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of great agencies. So if people need help, uh, there's, um, again, that information's on our website. 
They can also, we have on our website a link for an, to notify an outreach worker if someone is sleeping outside. And it's a Google form. You can fill it out where you saw someone sleeping and sort of as much information as you know. And the outreach workers will do a welfare check on that person. Mm -hmm. well, I love this. We need to find a better link for it. It's like right now it's a super long link, which we're working on. But, <laughs> um, but that's on our Give Help or Get Help page. I think it's on both. Get Help. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, in relation to um, domestic violence, yes, you have some folks, too, that you probably so there's, with. So the domestic violence partners are, like, even more. So the Homeless Services Network are, is amazing, and the domestic violence, sexual and domestic violence, is, like, a little bit more so, right? Um, they all partner together. I think there's six agencies, and they coordinate with us uh, and are fully part of our network as well. Uh, and so there's a 24-7 um, domestic violence hotline, I think it's 804-612-6126. Uh, and they have ways for that to be confidential as well. Um, so, but that's 24-7. So people should be aware of that, um, you know, if that's an issue and if somebody, you know, needs help uh, with sexual uh, it, um, violence or human stalking, trafficking, things like that. And um, do we have any dedicated shelters that are just homeless shelters within yes. the city limits? Oh, so um, so all of our shelters are not limited by jurisdiction. Okay. They serve people based on need. Great. So that's important to know. And so people are prioritized for open shelter beds based on their circumstances. And so we have on any given day almost 300 shelter beds. Um, you know, that work year-round. And so uh, there's Caritas, the Salvation Army, which is hoping to expand their shelter bed, which would be amazing and transformational. Uh, we have Home Again, Housing Families First. We have veteran shelters, uh, Liberation Veteran Services. Home Again has some veteran beds. Uh, and there's a few, there's an agency in Goochland, Goochland Cares, that helps if people are there. Um, we also have... Uh, domestic violence shelters, uh -huh. uh, the YWCA, uh, Hanover Safe Place, Safe Harbor, and I'm probably forgetting some. But for single adults, there's uh, probably like 177 year-round beds, and for families, another 100. And then some specific ones for veterans and uh, those fleeing violence. Now, that's not enough on any given day, but it is important to remember that they're there and um, they're working and they're coordinated each day as they have, you know, if people exit to housing or leave for some other reason, then those beds are turned over and the next um, person or family can access them. The other thing about the shelters is that all of our shelters have housing-focused staff working with people to help them make a plan to get back into housing and then get connected to employment or child care or treatment or whatever else they might Wrap need. around services. Yeah. 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 Which is important. Absolutely. That's what makes a difference. Yeah. Well, that's what makes sure that you don't find yourself back at the shelter. That's right. So you're mentioning veterans. Yes. Quite a bit. Yes. Well, I've noticed a lot of the folks you see with signs or whatever, they mention, I'm a vet. I'm a vet. And wow. Some of them probably are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it just, when you see things yeah. like that, it feels like our system is really failing those folks that have, you know, served us yeah. and that in dangerous situations. And then they're coming home. And yeah. a lot of them you see are Vietnam vets. So, yes. How do you deal with that? Because that's a, that's a yeah. completely separate world of trauma. And yes. 
So we have some dedicated agents, and this is actually has been a national success story, right? As a country, we have invested in housing for homeless veterans. Uh, and so it's important to keep doing what has been working. Um, and so we're hopeful that the feds are listening and we'll do that. Um, but uh, so we have some great partners and the VA hospital is one of them of really, you know, they have this coordinated veteran work group. You know, they get together, I think, every other week and they know by name all of the homeless veterans in our area. And well, what we, yes. And then try to help them, you know, make that plan, help them navigate the resources. Um, we know that um, veterans are overrepresented in homelessness. And for some of it is, you know, it, you know, it's maybe PTSD or difficulty transitioning back. For other people, they might have joined the military to address an issue and it didn't work, right? And so it's like all homelessness, it's complex and people's stories are, uh, you know, have all sorts of trauma underlying um, that. So, but for, there are some really dedicated providers. Often, you know, they have uh, veterans on staff or their targeted services and resources to, to meet that need. And that's, I mean, Virginia, we, um, you know, functionally ended veteran homelessness, which really means we changed our system to be more responsive. Because again, people lose their housing and the challenge is how quickly do we help people regain that housing and that stability? So I recently saw something, I don't know, online. I'm sure it was yeah. online somewhere or other yeah. about these little pods yes. out in, yeah. Port, I think it was Portland. Portland. Yeah, Portland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do they, like, can we bring so, that here? Does that work? Is it helpful? So here's the thing. Uh, in the West Coast, one of the reasons why their homelessness numbers are going up is that, you know, their housing markets have just exploded. Wow. Uh, out of uh, but they also, they didn't have shelters, right? And you can't build them now. It's way too expensive. Right. You can't get the land. You can't get zoning. And so our partners, and I'm on a national group with some of those folks from the West Coast, right? They're, they're trying to figure out, like, okay, how do we help people not be outside, right? That's because by the thousands People are just, they lose their housing and they're outside. Right. Um, and so, you know, and they're doing like big expensive tents like in San Diego. And it's, part of it is because they don't have the multifaceted response. Right? So in Richmond, we have, you know, we have sort of um, the homeless crisis line to help people at the front door. Then we have shelter. We have some housing programs, right? We're doing multiple things, right? So always trying to, you know, not just do one, we don't just have one answer. Right. And so in the West Coast, they didn't necessarily build shelters when they could have. And now it's, it's really, really difficult, right, as we uh, also are seeing here. And so I think, you know, we certainly need more year-round emergency shelter beds. And the Salvation Army is trying to do that. Um, and I'm supportive of that. But there's also the bigger topic is uh, about tiny homes or yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of yeah. creativity in this space, and we, yeah. we should be creative. We should be creative at how we address the need for affordable housing. Right. And some of that could be small units. Uh, it could be more apartments. It could be accessory dwelling units or granny flats, right? Mm -hmm. it, it could be any number of things. We need to expand the fabric of housing in our community. Right. Um, where I think it gets trickier, it's like, oh, that's for homeless people. I'm like, well, 
you know, homeless people are people. It's not like they all have the same, like they all, like one housing would meet their needs. Right. Maybe there yeah. might be lots of us who would make a different housing choice if more options were available. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be creative and expand, but also not say, oh, that's for those people. Cause, and that's not true. Because I have a friend that's looking at a, a grandma pod for his mother to put her in the backyard. Because yeah. <laughs> yes. it needs a space. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And that would be an affordable, you know, unit. So I think we need we need to be creative and expanded, but mm -hmm. it's not anything unique about people experiencing homelessness right. that drives that. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. people need something they can afford. Yeah. And yeah. that probably looks lots of different ways. That is the absolute bottom line truth right there. Yes. People need something that they can afford. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It should be safe and decent. going to end homelessness. Yeah. Right. So we have... Five-ish minutes before yeah. we wrap up here. What haven't we touched on? What do you want to say in the last few moments that we have here? Because, I mean, it's such an expansive topic. Yes. We can't touch everything, but is there something really important that we're missing? Well, I think uh, I, in some ways this is a really exciting time of year because, you know, as we approach Thanksgiving and the winter holidays, uh, you know, people are it's even more um, in our faces that there are people who lack the very basic necessities. And so we have an incredibly generous community and that's really awesome. And so I would just encourage people to channel some of that generosity to what has been working and that the people who are going to still be doing this work in February and March and April um, when, um, you know, the topic moves on to something else. Mm -hmm. So really making those connections is important. I mean, I can't speak highly enough of the people, you know, working in these nonprofit agencies or doing street outreach or doing intake or talking on the phone. They're, it's a really special people doing that, and uh, it's easy to forget that uh, work. I also think... Um, you know, if you want to get your kids involved in this, there are ways to do that. You know, doing a hands-on RVA has a, mm. some, like, DIY kits that you can put together. If you want to do something small, you know, like the cleaning kits or other things, so nonprofits can list uh, needs yeah. there so that you know that what you're doing will make a difference, right? Which we all want to be, at the end of the day, we want it to matter. Yeah, we want what exactly. we do to matter. Uh, and so... There's a lot of great resources in this community to do that and get connected. So that's really the main thing. And then I think, um, you know, local politics matter. State politics matter. Mm -hmm. We've made a difference uh, in our community. So the city of Richmond has an affordable housing trust fund. The Commonwealth of Virginia has an affordable housing trust fund. These are, that's the big issue, right? How do we, um, you know, have more neighbors? And that's a really tough, difficult topic. There's an agency, the Virginia Housing Alliance. That's where I go to find out advocacy information. So that's just another resource, I think, especially for your listeners. Yeah. To see what's going on and how they can have a say. And in this space, actually, the federal government is a huge partner. The Department of Housing and Urban Development is the biggest, single biggest funder of homeless services. And the staff working at headquarters and here in the Richmond office are great and mission-focused, data-driven. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, and so really supporting the work of those 
um, you know, staffers and, you know, writing to your congresspeople saying, hey, this work is important. Yeah. Don't change this program. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not like we're not bored. Like it's a we're in here for the long haul. And if you're going to go for, you know, our local officials and stuff, uh, make sure that you get to our General Assembly members before the session begins. Because they're working on stuff. Now, they've already been they've working, been working on, it. on it. So yeah, when right. they get in, their agenda is set. So make sure it's you know you're talking to them to build stuff up during the session, but afterwards you keep on them. Like just don't right. don't leave it. They are working all the time. Yes. So yeah. We make, talked about that on a previous show. It's too late to call them the first week of session. Those bills are already written. That's right. Right. <laughs> but it's a good time to I think to establish relationships and yeah. let them know, hey, I'm here. I'm in the fight to yeah. end homelessness. You know, and, let's work together. And homelessness has been bipartisan, right? I mean, yeah. it's um, one of the it's one of the few truly bipartisan topics. It all people. It does. And, and again, it's whether you are motivated by compassion or uh, economics or both, right? Many people are both. Like, you know, the way we address homelessness now in this country by helping people get into housing first and then get connected, it works and it's better for people. Right. Yeah. And so there's a great story to share and, uh, this, you know, supporting that makes a difference. All right. Well, how can uh, folks reach you um, and Homeward if they want help? Because I know you guys are also on social media. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we are sometimes on Twitter, not as much as we should be, but that's yeah. at Homeward VA. At, we, we've been around longer. But we missed the RVA. So we're still Homeward VA um, and on Facebook also. Uh, you can email info at homewardva.org. That's the easiest to remember, and that will get um, routed to the right uh, staff person. We have a small staff. And then our website has a lot of great resources. And we'll make sure I'll send you some specific links as well of things that Perfect. people are might be most interested in. And we will definitely share that with yes. our listeners and followers on all of our social media accounts. Uh, I just want to thank y'all for what you do. So I, and I'll put in a plug, I'm a Patreon. Is that right? Is that Yay! how you say it? Yay! Oh, Mark thank Gator? you. Because oh. that's how I keep updated. So. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so you. Um, that. Yeah, that means a lot. Mm -hmm. Actually, it means a whole lot. Yeah, so others should join. That's you know, how we keep up. That's, that's how right. we keep ourselves moving. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly Kinghorn, for joining us today because this has been, I'm, I'm so stoked to air this show. Mm -hmm. Really, thank you. This has been an eye opener. I've learned some things too that I never knew yeah, um, about you. homelessness. And um, thank you. And yeah, if you ever have anything else you'd like to get out to the world of, you know, the Richmond region, let us yeah, know. We're right. happy to spread that message. Great. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Take care and um, happy upcoming holidays. Yes. Thank you. So as always, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another great episode of an educational too episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Flint still has dirty water, and now so does New Jersey. We need to deal with that. RPS is fully funded this year. We already need to start working on next year, so let's get it done. And Richmond is still racist, but we're working on it. Talk to you guys next week. What's going on, y'all? It's your man, Mike Jones. I am so glad to be on with the ladies of RVA Dirt. I want to tell you about the Give Back. This is the second annual Thanksgiving turkey giveaway. Last year, we gave away a 1,000 turkeys, and this year, we're giving away 1,000 turkeys again. How do you get a turkey? 
Man, while supplies last, register at Councilman Michael Jones at eventbrite.com. One turkey per household, uh, and you've got to be there to pick them up the day of the giveaway, which is November the 23rd. That's right, Saturday, November the 23rd from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Come get your turkey. Come get your pictures taken. It's going to be an event that you don't want to miss. The ladies from RVA Dirt, they're going to be out there volunteering with us. So we are excited to provide families who are in need a turkey this holiday season. If you have questions, please contact the office of Councilman Mike Jones. Yeah, that's me at 804-646-5497 or hit up my liaison, summer.morris at richmondgov.com. That's right, the give back. Second year in a row, 1,000 turkeys to people in RVA. Love y'all. Take care and happy holidays.